We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Friday night, Ryan. It's a little after 6 o'clock, and you know what that means. It's Micah Bell time. Notre Dame has landed Houston Kincaid standout cornerback Micah Bell, who just committed to Notre Dame on Twitter. Ryan, let's just get into it, man. This is a big, big time. I mean, look, y'all, we're rocking out the double gap closer shirt tonight, okay? Because this kid, in so many different ways, Ryan, has checked boxes for Notre Dame. And we'll dive into all of that during the show. But this is just kind of big picture, Ryan. Yep. This is huge for Notre Dame in so many different ways. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. When you think about it, for one, first cornerback in the class now since the Justin Reddy commitment, that is an obvious need when we're talking about the numbers. Notre Dame wants to get two, two, two corners at least in this class. That's the number that we know for sure. So you made half, you hit half your needs on this one commitment, which is fantastic. And then why it's such a bigger deal is that this kid is really, really talented. Like we were just talking before we started of just the track background he has. I mean, this kid's a sub 2100 meter 200 runner. He's a he's a 10. 10 300 meter guy and he is also out of the state of texas so when you put all those things together notre dame got a dynamic defensive back position of need out of a state that they are making an absolute priority here moving forward so in all those ways micah bell is truly a gap closer I think the cornerback aspect of it, you know, you talked about getting to maybe more than two. I, I looked at that as sort of a luxury and you, you wanted two for sure. But the big thing is, 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 and we'll get into the class impact of this a little bit. It was the impact was needed to be there. And this is such a unique kid. And, and here's look, the, the rest of this show, we're going to talk a lot about his speed. He's got elite, truly elite. Skin. You know, that word gets kind of thrown around a lot, you know, maybe sometimes when it shouldn't. This kid has elite speed, and we'll tell you, we'll give you some numbers as to, to back that up. But this is also a kid that had offers from Harvard, Vanderbilt, Stanford, Duke. 
and, and you have to get those kind of kids. He's an emerging prospect. He's a guy that's kind of really climbed up the rankings here this spring to the point where he's a top 100 commit or top 100 player on 247. He's a borderline top 100 player by ESPN and Rivals. Had offers from Texas, Tennessee. I mean, big, big time player, Ryan. But his recruitment was a little interesting because this is a kid that Notre Dame did not offer him to like mid-March. Yeah. And this is a guy that got on a little bit late. And, and again, it just kind of adds to he didn't just break out for Notre Dame. He was kind of a breakout for a lot of people. And part of it was his brother. His brother Dylan was kind of the considered the guy for them last year, even though he didn't necessarily have the production that, that Micah did and just as a rush, rushing guy. But his brother Dylan, who signed with Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, was – and Micah's a you know, smaller, skinnier kid. I think that kind of maybe masked him a little bit you know, to, to what he could be. But, you know, this is a kid that, that obviously broke out this spring and it, it, it was partly on the track, you know, because of his track results. But Ryan, this is a kid that was a thousand yard running back in high school. And then I know we're going to have a lot of people are going to ask about the offensive part, but you know, you can really see that legit speed when this kid's playing offense. And We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife is the coffee drinker in our house. So when I told her about trying out Trade Coffee, she was curious. When I told her that if she answered the survey Trade sent me, they could match her with brands she would like, she was downright skeptical. We ended up getting three different shipments from three regional coffee makers. And let me tell you, she was blown away. My coffee snob wife loved each and every new blend that she got. As a non-coffee drinker myself, I must admit, opening up the cabinet and getting a whiff of her most recent blend was aromatically pleasing. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you and as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee connoisseur like my wife or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. And right now for Irish Breakdown listeners, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started when taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. 
you know, when, when you've t- you talked to him, Ryan, you know, before the yep. visit and after the visit, you know, what really was it about Notre Dame that made this the move for Micah Bell, in your opinion, you know, the things that, that he loved about Notre Dame, what, what allowed them to go from not even being on his radar in mid-March to by July 1st, he's in the class. And it, and it hasn't been in doubt for like a month. I know. I mean, you know, so it, what, what was it? it? It's really interesting, Brian, because I mean, even leading up to that visit, we were kind of like, this is trending really well. Like, I don't know if anybody could even be considered a real contender here right now, kind of going into that visit. And then he, takes the visit and the the weird part was is that you know he drops the top 10 says hey I'm committing on July 1st but then you never hear any other visits that were lined up right like it was just Notre Dame which was and bizarre. He, ended up, he ended up going to Houston which is is, right. is is like in his hometown he's from Houston sure but it was just, right. but like the point is he didn't announce it just he just put some pictures after the visit on his Instagram page right right you know exactly I mean? yeah and and obviously you know flying all the way up to Notre Dame and just going to local Houston's a little bit different, obviously too. Right. So it's a, it's something where when I talk to Micah and he's a different type of dude, honestly, because most corners you kind of think of are like very extremely talkative are guys that, you know, kind of, you know, are a little confidence on their sleeves type of players. Right. Micah Bell is very quiet, unassuming, he doesn't really have that aura of a corner traditionally, to be honest, but he knew exactly what he valued in making this decision. And, and judging by not only his words, but also by his actions of the top 10 schools he dropped, high academic kid, right? I mean, we t- we've talked about this a bunch. He had Vanderbilt. He had Harvard. He had Stanford. He had all the high academic institutions that you think of in the country on his final top 10 that were also included with, you know, places like Tennessee and Texas and, you know, the mixture of those teams as well. But the high academic part is I think the big, biggest thing for me. And, you know, it was just the, he fell in love quickly with the staff. And I really think after that visit, it was just, it was done at that point, you know, like he, everyone knew where he was going to go at that, at that point. I mean, you're talking about, like I said, a, a kid from Har- from Houston, Texas, that has an offer from Harvard. And the fact that he included Harvard in his top 10, we kind of made a joke about this. Say, when he listed his top 10, it was like like two, five, it was like five and five, like polar opposites. It was like Michigan State, it was Texas, Tennessee, Michigan State, Baylor, and I, I keep forgetting the fifth school. And then on the other side, it was like Notre Dame, Duke, Stanford. Mm-hmm. You know, Harvard, Vanderbilt, you know what I mean? It was just like, okay, that's an interesting, that's an interesting group. Like you don't see that very often. You know? well, and so. Honestly, as soon as he dropped that top 10, I hadn't even talked to him at that point too much, you know, like just some exchanging of DMS. And I, you know, we did like a feature article on him before that or whatever, but I hadn't really talked to him serious, serious. Cause that was the, the first time that we knew exactly what the timeline was. Right. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I saw that grouping, I'm like, my man's going to Notre Dame. Like, <laughs> you know it. I mean, you just yeah. saw the group of schools. You're just like, you know, we already liked Notre Dame. Right. And the fact that he included all those high academic institutions, it was just like, yeah, that's that's probably a little bit of a dead giveaway. All I needed at that point was CJ Carr to tweet out a, a little shamrock yeah. and at, at, uh, at Michael Bell. And then that yeah. probably would have been the end of it. Yeah. Well, and he gave a comment to you before his visit, you know, in a preview article you did with him uh, before the visit, he said like, you know, coach Freeman, and coach Mickens, he said, just were on him constantly. 
he said they talked to me all the time and he, and the, the direct comment was is uh they made me feel wanted they really he said and have re- made me really feel wanted you know and that was a big part of it too was you know you, when you get on a kid late and again now in the world we live in now getting on a kid march before his senior year is considered late you know uh, that's just the reality of it getting on a kid late you've got to you've got to put in the work and mike micken certainly did that marcus freeman did that chad bowden's done that and this staff made this young man a big time priority and now he's in the class, and that is that is huge for Notre Dame. Let's let's talk next, Ryan, about kind of the class the class view of like what does this mean for the Notre Dame class? And for me, you know, Micah checks a lot of boxes, and and you know, from numbers, impact, Texas, a lot of different things. Let's we can even talk kind of, about the re, the returnability too. I mean, he can all special teams. Oh yeah, early on oh too. yeah. There's no yeah. doubt, and that and that'll be part of it as well. Number one, the corner need. So the the need coming in was two. We had talked early that they could get away with one because you had three in 2000 you had three players in 2000 the the 21 class. The fact is is even though Clarence Lewis played as a freshman, it didn't count because it was the covid year. And so he technically could still has 3 years of eligibility remaining. You know, you, you, we talked about this current freshman class, Ryan Barnes, Philip Riley, and Chance Tucker. They all redshirted. They're technically going to be have four years left. And then, of course, you had an outstanding duo of, of uh, Jaden Mickey and Benjamin Morrison. So you could get away with one in that class. Now, even if you could get away with it, two was the ideal number. You wanted to get to two. Yeah. And and so, you obviously, you had, Phil, you had um, uh, Justin Red on the board early. He went off. You had to get two. And the thing about it is they they took a little bit of a risk because there was really only three corners left on the board, you mm-hmm. know, in the last couple months. And it was Micah Bell, Christian Gray, and Josiah Wagner. I mean, Caleb Presley wasn't super interested. They had kind of dropped some other guys that were on the board early. You know, this was one where you're putting a lot of the, your eggs in the Micah Bell, Christian Gray bucket, you know, basket. And, and of course, to get him, I thought he, he getting him was obviously a, a big one. So numbers-wise – Two is good, but more important than numbers, you needed impact talent because because you landed five guys who will enter the twenty two season with five, with four years of eligibility remaining. All five guys of the last two classes have four years left of eligibility. It wasn't so much the numbers; you needed to add impact talent, and that's the sure. first area where he he. But we're not going to talk about him each because I think you can't talk about his impact talent with also talking about there was a need to continue improving the speed at the position. There's like long guys like Cam Hart who can actually run, you know, yeah. Ryan Barnes, Philip Riley is physical. You know, there's, there's Jaden Mickey's quick and, and athletic and, and, you know, Benjamin Morrison's long and big. Some of these guys can run, but there was a need to start really trying to get when you can just a higher level of speed. So right. impact talent, speed, those are two big boxes that Mike and Mel, Micah Bell checks that were even more important than, to me, the two. Because if you can get two and they're not impact potential talents, then I don't think you necessarily met your need in this class. Well, the wide receiver position in college in the NFL just keeps getting faster and more populated. Like there's just so many wide receivers I feel like come out of college every single year because everybody wants to play wide receiver. And I think that has hurt kind of the development of defensive backs at times, right? Especially the cornerback position. And when you look at Micah Bell, I mean, not only does he have enough size to be a very good football player, but he also has that game-breaking speed. Like, that's the difference for me. This kid, from day one, even without 
even with imperfect technique, is going to be able to turn and run with just about anybody. Like, you're not going to be able to really throw it over his head. Like, that's just not going to be a thing. Now, there is, of course, maturation that needs to happen. But the point of the matter is, is that that is a trump card, man. Like, that is a way that can get you onto the field. If you know, hey, he's got some room to grow. We need to develop the technique side of everything. But we know for one thing, kid is ultra talented and has incredible speed like that is something to your point that you need a little bit of injection into that room because I mean Cam Hart might be a four four something type of athlete at six two and a half and there might be another couple good athletes in the group as far as long speed is concerned but you don't have a kid like this right like you don't have a kid that may be a legitimate four three type of athlete like he may be that guy when you're talking about his track times kind of translating to the testing numbers, right? So rare, rare type of speed and athleticism for Micah Bell. And the best part of it is we haven't even seen close to the ceiling because he's asked to do so much at running back in high school where he averages almost nine yards a carry. He doesn't play a ton of defense, right? But the defense that he does play is high quality, which is also very intriguing. But the fact of the matter is when this type of profile out of this state Micah Bell's ceiling is almost limitless, in my opinion. So you talked about the speed, right? Mm-hmm. And and I want to put that into context. And we'll dive into the film and we'll dive into the game uh, a little bit. But he, he, here's here's the commit story that we did on Micah Bell. I, I want to pull this up because when, when I did this, because, you know, look, you always want to say, boy, this guy's really fast, I, you know, but, but just how fast. So I, I wanted to do some research here. So you know, I would say probably the best track athlete that Notre Dame has signed in the last decade, if not 20 years, was Troy Pride, outdoor track. Chris Tyree was an indoor track guy. So it's a little harder to compare Micah Bell and Chris Tyree because I don't believe Micah Bell has done indoor. He's been an, he's been an outdoor guy, and Chris Tyree was an indoor indoor guy, I believe. But when you when you look at uh Braden or Troy Pride, Troy Pride was an outstanding track guy. And state champion in South Carolina in the 100 meter dash, the 200 meter dash, uh, and and had some really outstanding times. And and here, especially in the 100, he was even better in the 100. Troy Pride won the South Carolina state championship uh, as a senior with a 10.55. That's moving, Ryan. That's a really good track time. Troy Pride then went to the NFL combine and ran a 4.4 flat, and people were disappointed by it. Okay. Remember, I mean, they were just like he only ran a four four flat. People talk about maybe he sets a record and all this kind of stuff. Okay, so that's that. That was his track time as a senior. His personal best of ten five five he did as a senior at the state championship match. Okay, that there I mean, Micah Bell as a junior has beaten that at least five times. He has a wind aided ten three. Take that away because I, I don't necessarily love putting those. But his ofi- his official best time, which he ran at a state championship mat meet this past year, was a ten four one. At the event where he won the state, cha- there was another event <clears throat> that he ran wh- where he did a ten six four, and and I'm a ten four. Excuse me, a ten four six. I'm actually let me. I think I might have this backwards. No, he ran the 10-4-6 is what he ran at the, in the state championship. Mm-hmm. The 10-4-1 came earlier in the year at, a, at another event. So he ran a 10-4-1 early in the year. He ran a 10-4-5 last year. He ran a 10-5-3 last year. 
and then he ran a 10-3, a wind dated 10-3 as a sophomore or as a as a sophomore. Yes, as a sophomore. Crazy. So he ran he, he ran a uh, he had that time of 10-4-6 in the state in the state championship. I believe a state championship it was the last event he ran. There was only two other runners that were below an 11-15. The next closest guy was a 10-6-2. The next closest guy after that was a 10-8-6. And so, this is also in the state of Texas. Just correct. This in context. Yeah. Correct. I mean, it, it is just an insane, insane time. And so he went out and ran a 10-4-1, which is blistering, a blistering time. And so when I, when I, when I look at this kid, you, you look at it and you say, man, you know, this guy, this guy's got something, this guy's got something special. Well, and he's not just a sprinter, like straight line sprinter. He also won a championship as a saw as a junior in the 200 meter dash and he ran a 20.89 now again troy pride won the south carolina 200 meter state championship troy pride's best time was a 21.28 Braden lindsey was a yeah. state champion in in the state of oregon two years in a row and was also considered a really good track guy who's considered a 4-4 guy his personal best in the 200 meter dash was 21.34 he won the state championship with a 21.49, but his be- personal best time was 21.34. And Micah Bell smoked that at 20.89. Yes. I, I just want, and, and again, my Troy Pride ran a 4-4 flat at the NFL scouting combine. And so when you put those numbers into, into context of other guys that we know to be elite athletes and to be elite speed guys, it it really it, 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 it really puts it in the, I mean, it really gets, shows you something. It really kind of is like, wow, this guy, this guy's got something special. And, you know, there's, there are some things that we can maybe compare him to, uh, like a Chris Tyree, for example. Uh, the one thing Chris Tyree has did is he did a long jump mm-hmm. and his best long jump was 21.11, which is pretty good. Right. Yeah. 2011 is good. Yeah. Right. Micah Bell, uh, this past year had had a, um, Personal best of 24.5. Which is a very good one. Yep. Yes. 24.5 is yes. very good. Very also good. won the championship at that same event where he won the 100 and 200. So, so not only not only is that – and what does that matter, right? Because you're talking about the, the 100 speed, 200 speed. That's the long speed, obviously. But the, the long jump is also short area explosiveness. Yes. Like there is a lot of pop in that lower half. So yeah. just kind of illustrate why that matters. He finished – at the event we're in question, he finished first in the hundred meter dash, first in the two hundred meter dash. He ran a he had a twenty over a twenty four foot trip long jump. Mm-hmm. At the same event, he finished second with an over forty five foot triple jump, and they also, along with his brother, won the hundred meter four by one hundred relay. Mm-hmm. And he also competed in the four by four hundred relay. That's a lot of events for one day, and he had phenomenal times at all of them. You know, so so this kid is this kid has got elite speed. Now, here's the key, though, Ryan. That's fine. The track coach is probably going to be excited to maybe get this kid on their on their board. We have seen track guys that can't play football. Sure. That's the thing is, this is all great and the speed is great, but does that speed translate to the football field? The answer is yes. Oh, yes. it does. <laughs> it does. Yeah, and that's the big that, thing. Yeah, I mean. Literally, before we even knew the track times, I remember when we both watched it and we were kind of just texting back and forth. We're like, oh, oh, that guy mm-hmm. can move a little bit, yeah. man. Like that is, yeah. that's some speed, you know? And then you look into the, for me, it's all about verification, right? 
I saw that speed on film. I'm like, what? And then I saw yeah. the track times. I'm like, that makes sense. That makes complete sense that he's mm-hmm. a great track runner because he is incredibly fast on a football field. There's a huge difference, huge indication, because like you're saying, there are some guys that can run incredible times in the 100 meter, but then they don't play fast, right? Like right. it just doesn't translate. This yep. translates to the football field. You'll see him as a running back. And when we get to the film, the minute the kid breaks into the open, it's gone. He's out. There's just no yep. chance. No chance. And it's easy. Yes. Like that's where it, like, that's the thing is you, you, we talked about this the other day. You, you don't just want a guy that's fast. You want a guy that's effortless with his speed. And that's the thing about him is he, and that's the thing about Chris Tyree. There's times where Chris Tyree doesn't necessarily look like he's moving that fast. And then you kind of watch him pull away from people and like, Oh, he actually is moving that fast, but he's a track guy. So he's smooth. He's, he's, he's fluid. He's efficient. He's not like, you know, straining kind of thing. And, and Micah certainly has that. I mean, he certainly brings that to the table. It's a very effortless speed. So it doesn't even look like there's one where he gets the corner and you're like, okay, he's not even, doesn't even, I mean, there's no way he's going to get, and then it goes, right? And and you see that. It's like, oh, that, that guy might have an angle on him running up the middle, and you're like, nope, he's gone. So that's obviously a big part of the class impact is getting the speed, improving the speed. Yep. Then the, the final piece, too, is, look, we talked about this. Notre Dame really, really, really wanted to make Texas a bigger priority in this recruiting class. And you've now gotten a third kid from the state of Texas. And, and this is a, this is a big one because Houston is a little different area. It's a little tougher to get kids out of Houston to Notre Dame. It just is. It has been. So this is not only a third kid from Texas, but you got a kid from Houston and Ryan, I mean, it just, we can't say enough and they're not done yet. They're going to try to get another, at least one more guy from Texas when you talk about Jaden Greathouse, Mm -hmm. but to be able to, in your first, shot at trying to go down there to get three players from Texas. But the bigger thing is you got three athletes. You didn't get a linebacker, defensive lineman, you know, offensive tackle. You got three elite skill players. Mm -hmm. And we could argue, I mean, honestly, it's not even an argument. It's just a proven fact. Braylon James is the slowest of the group. You think about that. He ran a 4-4-7. Peyton Bowen ran a 4-3-8 at Notre Dame's Combine. That they're at their their camp last year. That's one of the reasons they loved him so much. Ran a four three eight. Then they made him run it again, and he ran a four four one. He's not as fast as Michael Bell. No, and and he's faster. And that's the thing. Braylon James at a four four seven. Now Braden's also the biggest of the three, but at a four four seven, Braylon James is the slower of these three guys. I mean, that is the biggest thing for me. Is that is huge for Notre Dame to be able to go down to Texas and get elite skill players. That is a huge check mark when you talk about the impact on this class. You mean you can get really good players out of the state of Texas? Who would have thought that that would ever happen, right? I mean, it's, if you it's, try, right? Exactly. I mean, right? Because I again, I, I've mentioned this before. The piece I did about Notre Dame's recruiting in Texas, five previous cycles before Marcus Freeman, they gotten three recruits that have come from the state of Texas in five years. This is their third recruit in this class, right? And that is a huge number. And like you're saying, Brian, we know that typically speaking anyway, I mean, they just got Charles Jagasaw, for instance, right? right? You can usually get really good offensive linemen out of the North. That's usually not a problem. We all know though, where the skill guys typically right. come from Florida, Texas. We get that, right? And Notre Dame was able to go down here in the state of Texas, in Houston, like you said, which is a place that isn't the easiest place to recruit out of right. if you're Notre Dame. And they go down and they get 
not a really fast player, not just a really good football player in general, but one of the best athletes in the 2023 class. Like, make no mistake about it. We're not talking about one of the best athletes, just a cornerback. I would put Micah Bell athletically up against just about anyone. He mm-hmm. has incredible, incredible upside. So it is. it was imperative to get into Texas. It was imperative to get some athleticism to this degree. And Notre Dame got to check both those boxes all in a very pro- high priority state now for them moving forward. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I know they got Nana Osafa Mensa. They got Hunter Spears in the same class. Who was the third guy from Texas? I will look it up. Brock was Brock Wright. Brock, the previous five? Brock Wright would, would he have been? Would he have been in the five years though? He was 2017. Was he part of the? Was he part of the? I'm trying to remember like what the scope of the breakdown you did actually. I, I thought I went to right twenty. Here. I thought I went to twenty twenty two. I could be wrong. No, though. I mean like how far back did you go? So, I went ten years. So I okay. think so they got they got yeah. Nana in nineteen. So they hadn't signed anyone from Texas since twenty nineteen. They got Nana and Hunter Spears, and then twenty seventeen they got Avery Davis and and Brock Wright. In twenty fifteen they got Jalen Guyton. Uh, you know, so so fifteen on they got five guys in fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty two. Five guys in seven years. If you go back even further than your time frame of five years, five yep. guys in seven years, if you can go back further than that. And but here's the thing, right? It's it's defensive lineman, defensive lineman, quarterback, tight end. You know, if you go back even further, you you know, um uh, Jalen Guyton was a receiver, but he wasn't like a really elite athlete. He was a good player, but not an elite athlete. But it's Grant Blankenship, defensive lineman, Colin Hill, defensive lineman. Nick Watkins corner, uh, you know, I mean, it, you just hadn't been able to get a lot of the skill and some of the skill they were able to get way back at the beginning. It's like a lot of weird things with Notre Dame. Like they actually did pretty good in Texas early on under Brian Kelly. And then it went away and it just, these things never made sense to me, Ryan. Like, you know, they got, they got Corey Robinson uh, and, and, and uh, Torrey Hunter and Durham Smythe in one class. And then the next year yeah. they get Nick Watkins. And then after that, like, you know, Jalen Guyton. And then after that, yeah. you just, you, no skill. You're like just Avery Davis. That was it. I mean, it's like, it, it's so weird, but this weird. staff said, we're going to make Texas a priority. And they went down and got a, a really, a, a really talented kid, a really dynamic kid. And the interesting thing too, of why Texas is so important. I don't know why it is. I'm not trying to make a commentary on why, but what I do know, however, is that there seems to be a lot of kids that are better academic fits in Texas than perhaps in, in Georgia than what you're seeing in like a state like Florida. I don't know why that is, but that's just the reality of it. Yeah. And I think that's also what makes Texas an important state for Notre Dame. So when you look at the class impact, Ryan, this is a very, very important thing for Notre Dame to be able to get, get, get a kid like Micah Bell because to be able to check all, I mean, impact, numbers, Texas, speed. I mean, there's literally not a box that this kid doesn't check when you talk about what Notre Dame is looking for in the 2023 class. And they're starting the pipeline. I mean, to go back to our Texas conversation, right? It's they have put people on notice in the state of Texas now in programs that you typically do well in the state of Texas. They're now like, Oh, Notre Dame is a threat here. And I think the interest from the recruit recruit side was a lot higher than maybe the previous staff had, knowledge of right and i think Mm -hmm. we're seeing that obviously here with this now three commits in one class i mean we might get to four and who knows if it even increases after that i mean it's very possible so we do feel good about notre dame's ability we we do feel good about their chances to get Jaden greathouse 
Absolutely. Who's from Texas. So, I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to hide that. We've said that before, so we can say that. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, they're not, they're not done yet. For those who didn't see, this was Micah's commitment on Twitter. Uh, you know, so this is kind of what he did there. Uh, he, this was not, there were some people I think that were a little bit, um, thought that this was going to be, he was going to go live. There was never any thought of, uh, there was never any discussion for him to go live. We were going to go live. So if we run clear on that, we apologize, but we were not going to carry anything because he wasn't, he wasn't doing anything publicly. So we waited till he made his decision, then started the show. And he was pretty prompt at six o'clock. I mean, it was like right at six o'clock when he made his commit decisions or he made his tweet. So, uh, but you've had a chance to talk to Micah Bell. Neither yep. of us are surprised that he did this via tweet and instead of going on a on on a TV show. That's just isn't it, that's it, not his personality. No, isn't it so funny that we had Jagasaw yesterday, now Micah Bell, and they're basically the same like style as far as like yeah. how they handle their business, you know? Like they don't talk to too much media. I mean, we've had the luxury of talking to both of the guys in the past, obviously, but like they don't really like the media process, right? Like they don't really like the recruitment process. They don't really yeah. put their business out there a ton. He literally tweets like once in a blue moon. And I mean, he said like, I'm committing this Friday at this time. Cool. Here's my tweet. Right. And there's no like fluff to Micah Bell, right? Like he's very straightforward oriented in the sense that like he understands what Notre Dame can provide for him. Like he understands the process. The four for 40 was something that he mentioned to me in the past. Like he knows what Notre Dame can give to him. And it's, I'm not surprised at all that Micah Bell was just like, nah, I don't need to go on CBS sports. Like right. I'm, I'm good. Like I, I, I'm good. You know, like I'll drop this and I'll go have, uh, have time with my, my, my siblings and my mother and all that type of yeah. stuff. So good for him, man. And it's a very non-assuming young man, which is great to see as well. I'm trying to find something because I'm hoping that this is on YouTube because uh, he put his 200 meter, the championship he won in the 200 meter, he put it on Twitter and it's not super clear, so I want to see if it's on Twitter where, or I mean on YouTube, or maybe it is a little bit more clear. But mm-hmm. if it's not, if it's not clear, then we'll we'll, we'll pull it up because it, it, it's insane. It looks like it's not clear, but you're got you guys are going to get a chance to see this because this is absolutely absurd, right? So l- let me let me pull this up. This is his. This is the twenty eight nine he ran. So let me pull this up, Ryan. Which again, sub twenty one is insane, but yeah. Do we know what Laney's in, Brian? You're gonna find out here. Real quick. I think he's at the top. <laughs> gotcha. It's gonna be obvious, like from jump. You guys figured out which hey, guy he is yet? Yep. Yep. I think it was Lane three. Yep. There he goes. <laughs> See ya. It's <laughs> insane, man. That's a championship heat too. You said yes. right? Like this is the championship round where he won the twenty-eight nine. Yeah. Insane. That's absolutely insane. I mean that 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 is like that's, and that's the thing. He doesn't have someone pushing him. That's a thing. Like there's, he's just look at that acceleration out all, off of the curve, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Such yeah, once he hit strider. the curve, he just yeah. The, I mean, it, it's right. It's smooth. It's clean. Yeah. It's, it's and, that, and that pops on film. And I think sometimes when you're watching his film, you can underestimate the speed for a second. You're just like, oh, he's just so controlled. Like you just yeah. It's it's fun to watch. Yeah. Man. It's really fun to watch. Somebody asked if uh, if he has Olympic ambitions. I don't know if ten four one puts him on that level yet. Not I yet. I mean, no. he would he would need to make a, a, a jump. Uh, in, in my yeah. in my opinion, yeah, you have, you have to get close jump. to. I mean, to qualify, you have to be 
right around 10 flat. The 28 9, though, is more interesting. That kind of gets you somewhat close. Like, that's, I mean, I think Usain Bolt has that 200 record, too. It's like 19 something, but like he was also an alien. So we don't count him too much. But 28 9 is a silly, silly time for a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. I'm going to actually try to look up and see if I can find the the best 100 meter time this year is a kid from Texas. He ran a 10.08. So there are – they kind of mark it out here after 25 guys. But the top 25 the, of the top 25 – this is according to um, athletic.net. Yep. The 25th-ranked guy in the 100-meter dash was a 10.29. It's crazy. I'm looking through these. I don't see any football players. A lot of these guys are seniors, you know, the of the top 10. Let's see – Seven or eight of them are 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 seniors, so I mean he he would get faster. Sure, uh, one of them was actually Brendan Thompson is the only football player on here that I recognize. Um, and then if you go to two hundred, and this was in the two this is in the the twenty twenty the two thousand twenty two cycle. If you go to the two hundred, this is where he's a little closer. The twenty fifth guy was a twenty point eight five. This is nationally top twenty five nationally. The yep. best was twenty point three five. So That's moving, man. Yeah, kid from Mississippi. Moving. Yeah, Whew. and so, but he twenty point eight nine doesn't put him far off being a top twenty five guy, and that's 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 pretty elite, pretty elite stuff. But uh, yeah, ten four one is moving for a football player, but it's not like Olympic where you got to worry about him being a guy that's going to leave for the Olympics kind of thing. I don't think it's not right. quite that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, uh, we, we've talked about the class impact. Um, you know, we've talked about, you know, what he means to the class, obviously from a ranking standpoint, I think this is good. This is big, right? Yeah. Uh, you landed a top hundred caliber player, obviously two, four, it's going to help them on the two, four, seven rankings, obviously, uh, because they landed a guy that ranks for them, a top, uh, f- number 55 overall player in the country. Not on the ESPN ranking, unfortunately. No, it's on three is the bad one. No, I yeah. know. Oh, yeah. it's on three the one that's on three, three is the bad one. Yeah, they're, gotcha. he's one gotcha. eighteenth in the country on their consensus because of how highly ranked he is by other people. Gotcha. But he is he is not a he's a three star for them. So Amazing. yeah, he uh he he's 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 pretty moving, pretty good. Uh, Notre Dame has, in fact, jumped ahead, back ahead of Ohio State. So Ohio State went over Notre Dame. Ohio State has landed a couple corners. So even though Ohio State landed two players in the last 24 hours, Notre Dame surpassed them with Micah Bell jumping on board. Pretty close. It's like 269.96 compared to 269.08. And then Texas is down there, 255.61. A lot of people have said that Texas – Texas has three five-star recruits and the same number of commits as Notre Dame. Their total score is 255.61, Notre Dame's 269.96, which just shows the quality of the depth. Even though Notre Dame doesn't have the five-star guy, it shows the quality of the depth of this class. I mean, it is just a lotus. 17 commits, and on the composite ranking for Notre Dame, one five-star, 14 four-stars, and two three-stars. It's crazy. Uh, And Notre Dame is also number one on the – 247's own list. So it's not just uh it's not just the composite. It's it's also on their own list. They are are not number they're not they're gonna have to get a couple more guys before they jump. But I expect by the end of the weekend they will have passed uh passed Ohio State and Texas on the rivals rankings as well. They've passed Texas with Micah Bell. They're gonna need one more commitment to pass Ohio State at this point in time. 
So obviously that's good. You want to continue to maintain that lead every time you get a guy, right? Yep. Um, so let's talk next about Micah Bell, the player. I think that's kind of where I want where I want to go next with this, Ryan, is let's let's dive into Micah Bell, the player, you know, what he brings specifically to the table as a football player. We're going to pull up some film to do that. Uh, and then after that, we'll we'll kind of get into sort of the what's next and then we'll answer questions. So that's what we'll do here next. But obviously a reminder for those jumping in the cl- in the chat in the show late, Micah Bell, standout cornerback, top 100 player, ranked number 55 overall in the country, according to 247 Sports. Uh, he's a borderline top hundred guy on uh, for rivals and on and and um, an ESPN. Uh, like I said, he's he's a very highly regarded player. One fourteen on rivals, one twenty eight nationally on ESPN, fifty fifth in the country according to two four seven Sports, and he's the number eight cornerback. Here, here's the thing. I guess we didn't talk a- enough about Ryan that that I thought yeah. is very interesting. If you just look at the two four seven Sports rankings. Mm-hmm. Of the tw- of the of the state of Texas, Notre Dame has now two two like top hundred defensive backs. According to twenty four seven, Micah Bell's the number one player on in the class for Notre Dame from Texas. They actually have Micah wow. Bell twenty spots ahead of Peyton Bowen for That's context because we know how good Peyton Bowen is. Yeah. So uh, just trying to put into context of of the perception of what this means for him. Awesome. And he's not a kid that that is out there going to camps and do you know and and building up his own you know profile. With, I mean, this yeah. is a quiet kid who just kind of goes out there and does his thing. So yep. I think that adds even more to uh, just what this what this means for Notre Dame to to get Micah Bell in this class. But let's let's do some film, Ryan. Let's get some film here. So we're going we're going to talk about Micah Bell. A lot of this is on um, is on offense. I, I, I want to say this before we started. There's actually a couple highlights, like game highlights. I'm still trying to find some game film. There's a couple game highlights of him. There's one game that I've been able to find. But if you look at some game highlights, you'll see more of him playing corner. There's actually more highlights in some of those like TV things where they actually show him where you can see him coming up and tackling. And we'll see some of those type of things. You don't see a ton of that here. But let's dive into the film of Micah Bell. And of course, it's gonna like I said, a lot of this is gonna be on on offense. Nice little spin. Close quarters, nice quickness there, changes direction, very smooth, and then he's out. And it's easy. This first clip for this is the first clip that we watched, and we kind of talked when when we first watched it. The thing, the reason this play is important because this right here, I don't care about the track speed. This is football stuff right here. Yep. Right. The, the cutting ability, the spin move. Right. Like this is something you don't see from a kid who's just a track guy. The vision to bounce that thing outside. And then instead of this is the part two, Ryan, instead of trying to just outrun them to the sideline, he reads the angle of the blocker. He sees that his blocker is inside of this guy. So what does he do? He gets back to being vertical and then just outruns the defense. There, he has no business not being tackled here by that guy right there. And he, yeah. it's just easy speed. He's a punt returner waiting to happen, man. Make one. That's man the other miss. part we didn't talk about, Ryan, which we should have. Is yeah. this kid brings big time return ability to the team, not just uh the the uh defensive aspect of it. This is a kid that can can absolutely bring some return ability to the table. And th- and these things, the reason these things are important to me, like why are we showing you highlights of him as a running back? Because as a cornerback, that right there, 
that's footwork, that's agility, that's balance, that's all the things that are so important to being a cornerback. Those things translate. These are the things Lou Holtz and his staff used to look for when they'd sign six running backs in a class and know that some of those guys were going to move to corner. It was because of things like this. You, That's what you look for, Ryan. This kid, and he's got some toughness. He's not a real physical tackler because he's, he's not really that big. He's a tough yeah. kid, though. I, I like on this play, too. Number four had a perfect angle on him, and then Micah Bell just eliminated that angle. Mm-hmm. Look at it right now. Four's in a solid spot, and then you're not yep. anymore. Like, he couldn't even tackle him from behind when he cut back at that point in time. It's just – yeah, it's silly and just silly speed. Here's a little bit of the corner. I, I do think in the limited cornerback film we saw, his technique is, is just not – it's a mess. But he yep. does show me very good route recognition and ball skills. Like right now, that that his technique gets I mean, a better throw here and he's beat. Right? Sure. Like that's just a reality. He's got a little bit of help inside. So he's playing outside, but but he's got a he's got to close on that better. But the speed that just allows him to kind of catch up to that Ryan is really impressive. That's really the biggest is. thing for me. His technique, it needs a lot of work, but that's also the thing I care the least about. I've said this a million times. I do not care about technique. Mm-hmm. Look how he's just like looking for the hole. Like he's jogging, waiting on a hole to open up. This is insane. <laughs> this used to drive me crazy. Yes. I, it's because it's like, buddy, why are we jogging? Why are we? Oh, that's why we're jogging. <laughs> Got it. Because you can kick a second gear in a split second. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those edge runs where you're just like, he has no. How does he not get touched here? Right. Th- right. You, like yeah. someone's at least yeah. going to knock him out of bounds inside the five and they just don't get a hand on him. Yep. Well, screen game. Right. Now the level of, now he's playing in Texas, but the level of football he's playing against is not like great, great. It's good. It's not great, great though. Sure. But you don't need to play great competition for the speed to translate. That's, I mean, it's just silly, man. I mean, he just yeah. obliterates angles. Guys beat angles and he obliterates them. Right. It's a little different. I mean, he just doesn't get touched half the time because, you know, guys are taught one thing and, and you know, then it's just like, well, that didn't work out. Yep. When, when you watch game film, though, you see why he's not a running back. Um, I mean, a full-time running back because he's a smaller kid and he's not going to carry the ball 20 times a game. You know what I mean? He's not a guy that's going to be on the field for 60-plus snaps on offense. You will have him on the field for 60-plus snaps on defense. Mm-hmm. This one I'm talking about, like, he's a willing tackler. He just, he's just he got to get stronger, right? Sure. Yep. But he's a willing tackler. He 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 knows how to go low. It's good route recognition on this fake punt. Yeah, it's a nice play. Kids he's open good for ball skills. Yep. You see the – again, this isn't great. He He's flat-footed. Right, uh-huh. he doesn't use his hands very well here. You don't want a cornerback like immediately right there. Immediately, watch this first step right there. That's wrong. He's flat. He goes to flat feet. Right. You you don't you don't want that. He doesn't do a great job sinking his hips there. He doesn't necessarily play this route exceptionally well, but he's so fast it just doesn't matter. Yep. You know what I mean, Ryan? Like, there's nothing about this that I'm putting on teaching tape unless it's a, hey, you know, this isn't that great teaching tape. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And that's what happens. I mean, he was more he's more of a running back by trade at this point in time. He's going to have to learn corner, but you know, just the the ease of of his movements because at times it'll actually look Brian like he doesn't transition really well mm-hmm. because of his footwork. And then yep. at other times when he's like loose on his feet, his transitions are exceptional. 
So it's 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 a technical problem, not a not an athletic problem. Hundred percent, very well said. This is one of those good route recognition plays that I'm talking about, Ryan. He knows he's got safety help, right? So if you look at where they are on this particular play, if you so you can see there's a safety back here. So mm-hmm. he knows he's got somebody kind of playing that top. And so he's playing kind of he's playing kind of in between. He's playing, you know, that that middle that you know that midpoint area. The guy breaks out and he just reads it perfectly and drives on it. What I do like is we've seen a couple of times too of him at the catch point. And I know we talk about the size a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Like he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he does show a lot of a lot of effort to break mm-hmm. up the catch point, which is really nice yeah. to see. And he does a nice job here of not he arrives before the ball. And a lot of times kids will hit the guy. Yep. He does a nice job of kind of playing that to where even though there's contact, it's not the kind of contact that's going to draw you a. <laughs> look at that speed, man. That's just nuts. He's barely running. Like, I know. Like, look at all his, all his teammates are like chugging away, man, mm-hmm. trying to get there. And he's just like, yep. Yep. I only made the tackle inside the 10-yard mm-hmm. line. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That elusiveness, like these are the plays where you can see, okay, does he have the agility to play corner? It's plays like this, like that initial early run uh, that that uh, you can kind of see. Mm-hmm. He really, he gets the top speed very quickly as well. That's another impressive thing. Mm-hmm. Again, right there, com- ball compet- com- competitive at the catch point. Love mm-hmm. it. Yep. This is another area I could see him. He's going to block a kick in his career. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Probably early on in his career, too. A really nice angle here, too, Ryan. Really nice angle to the ball. That's the kind of play that Cam Hart made against Wisconsin. Yep. <laughs> that poor kid. I, I, just, I, I know. I just feel bad for some of these kids I'm watching. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, man, that's not – it's not fair. Th- these are plays I like too because you you see he's got a nice leg drive. This is a football. This isn't a, that's not a track move right there. That's a football move. The vision, like this kid's a football player. I think he's the, the thing now that hurts him on defense as a high school player is he's more natural on offense at this sure. point. But his game and his body projects better on defense. 100%. And that's part of what, you know, that's part of what coaching is. It's like you've got to be able to project those things. Ooh, a little shot at the sideline. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Yeah, there's there's definitely effort in the run game. Like you say, he just needs to get stronger, but the, the effort is there. This is an example. Like, look, his technique gets him a little bit of a problem here. Because what's the one thing a cornerback has to have to truly be elite? Recovery speed. Gets a yep. little grabby here. Stops his feet, lunges at the guy, and the guy's got him beat by three steps. And he catches up some to him so fast that he has to actually start jogging. You see that? Like he's got two, he's going really fast to catch up and then slows down because he's already mm-hmm. there. And then speeds up again. You know, it just you have it. Brandon, Brandon Plesner asked if he's got loose hips. That's the thing. We were saying this earlier, Brad. I think you might have just joined us, but one of the things that I said was at times it doesn't his transitions aren't real smooth at times. And it looks like maybe he is a little tight hipped. Which some yep. track guys can be, Ryan. For but sure. then you see other times where it's just super clean, like super smooth, which tells me again, a guy guy doesn't have a tight doesn't have tight hips physically on one play, but then not on the next. You yeah. Either have tight hips or you don't. It's the reason yeah. exactly because you can look like your feet are jacked up or your hips are tight if your feet aren't good. But when you see him do it, you're like, okay, it's there. He just has to improve his technique. And it's hard okay. to be a clean transition guy, Ryan, when you're when you when you flat foot. Yep. And, or your feet get heavy in the ground. 
Yep. So that's... You can see, and, and you can see it on a couple of those runs when he changes direction. Like, there's looseness there. If it, if the it was... spin move especially, let's go back right. to that on the very first play. You, I don't think you can do this, Ryan, with with uh, tight hips. No, I, I, I just, I really don't think you can that, do this. That first hips. play is a great illustration too, because not only does he hit the spin, but then he also excel, accelerates to the sideline. Like you right. just see the change in direction. The spin is quick though, right? Like anyone can yeah. spin, but look how quick it is. And then right, boop, see you. Right, quickly Those, changes direction. Right, yeah. Those are things you need when you are a, if you have that kind of. You know that that agility, Brandon, because I, I think that's a, an important part, to, important question that, that Brandon is asking. Because a cornerback with great speed but tight hips is is, is going to get in trouble in some matchups when he's also playing someone with elite speed. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing you kind of got to be careful of is is if you're playing a guy, you know, like most corners, most receivers won't matter. But if you're being matched up against, you know, another receiver that you know, Will Fuller, as a Dory Jackson found out one false step against a Will Fuller and you're not catching that guy. Sure. You know, and, and that's the important thing for Micah is, you know, he does have that. He does have that ability where, you know, he, he, do, he won't lose that step because of his athleticism as long as he cleans his technique up. But the one thing that I think you and I are, are confident in is of all the issues that Notre Dame corners have had at times the last couple of years, I've never sought and thought, man, Mike, Mike Mickens doesn't know how to teach these guys how to play. Sure. It's yeah. never been that for me. And I and I think you agree with me on that. I'm not 100% sure yeah. on that. Yeah. So I have no doubt it's just upping the level of player top to bottom that Mike Mickens is working on is is is, is doing and and this is obviously one of those one of those things. So um you, you really like what he, this kid I'm just watching a little bit of a sophomore film I, I haven't watched it in a while but I think there was a little bit of him open and running in that so that's why I've, I've got that on. That's what I'm looking at Ryan. Like watching, like oh, I can see what's on TV. I'm getting a little distracted. No, I'm just checking out a sophomore film to see if there was anything on there because I, I remember seeing some stuff where he was clean, but I think it was I think it was from like some of the game highlights that I was able to watch. I don't think it was from his huddle stuff. Um, but uh, a lot more physical. There's a lot more physical hits on his sophomore film. I haven't even seen his sophomore film. I yeah. need to check it out. Oh yeah, you got to see this play. This is this is kind of funny. These these two plays are the ones I wanted to see. So let's pull up. This is his sophomore film. Watch watch this recovery speed. He's on defense here on this next play, Ryan. Mm-hmm. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look how quickly he gets on this kid. I mean, he oh, just eats that up guy. in a hurry. Poor guy. That guy's thinking, I'm going to score. <laughs> I'm not even getting to the 10, brother. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. And then here's another one where he's playing tight. 
and you see that physicality. Like that's a clean turn, even though it's, his technique's a mess. Yep. Yeah, his butt's a little high. Doesn't have any yeah. sink, but but look at the recovery though. Yeah. And again, like as you said, he played the ball well there. You know, so it, it's definitely. The, I mean, the skills are there, Ryan. Oh, he knocks he knocks something out of that dude's helmet. You see that? I'm watching now. There you go. Oh yeah, that's a mouthpiece. Yeah. That's a mouthpiece. He knocks something out of that dude's helmet. Here we go. Right, you see how you see yeah. this is what I'm talking about. Like, watch his feet. They don't they don't really move. They get underneath them, and then he's trying to turn with his right foot underneath his left armpit. Basically, I think, I think he's. It looks like he's a little too worried about his initial contact with yes. his hands and doesn't yes. get his feet connected to him. You know, but, just... but then the so that's not a tech. That's not an athletic problem. That's a technical problem. 100 percent. Then he almost runs too fast. I mean, it's like... <laughs> I've I've never personally been too fast, no, so it must be not, nice. Not not a problem. No, no, not a problem for me. The, uh, look at that leg drive, though. That's a tough God, I love that. He looked like, yeah. he, looked like he like he looked like work done there, man. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, but he's he's skinny kid. That's I mean, he's just not a running back. The yeah. problem is if you're going to put him a running back, which a lot of people have asked, is that is. You can't play him as much at running back as you can at corner. His speed can impact the game every single snap on defense. Yep. And you can on on and at, you know at running back. And that's why I just say I think the projection there because he is a corner, the projection there is really really excellent from in my opinion. Yeah. He he would just be I mean if he played offense, he would just be like a he would be a, a space player, right? Like you would mm-hmm. try to I mean, what honestly, Brian? Like right right now, what would you be able to run with him in the run game? Outside zone a little bit, some tosses, sweeps. Like Jets, you're not gonna, yeah, yeah you're, you're not I, gonna I, run I him run, up the middle. Yeah. I would run some inside zone with him occasionally, okay. just because I'm thinking the line's gonna open up that crease, but it's and not split it. You're right. Yeah, he's right. maybe getting two, exactly. three of those with Tyler Buckner running their zone around it just to take some of that off of him. But sure. yeah, you're not going to subject him to ten to seven to eight in. But look, people don't think Chris Tyree can be a full time guy, and Chris Tyree's a lot thicker than Micah Bell is. Sure, like, he's about thirty pounds thicker than Micah Bell is, and he was about 15, 20 pounds thicker than Micah Bell coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. So if you don't think Chris Tyree can be an every down back, Micah Bell is not an every down back, and and that's what I say is it's you just have to have it. So I understand the desire that people have. You want to move the ten three sure. guy to offense, ten four guy to offense. This kid's a defensive player. He will be a defensive player. You can get him the football. It's just it's in the return game. That's where it's at. So, Ryan, let's kind of talk a little bit about one of the things we do when we get into this, and we're going to answer some questions here. I got a refill. Sorry, everybody. Got to get the refill. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that we do is we kind of talk about a what's next. And some so so people that know. All right. So if you're on the message board, this was one of our dancing gifts on uh, the weekend of the 17th. So this is one of them is down. Uh, so now two of the five that we have up are now known. Uh, Micah Bell is it was one of them. This is one that's been done for a few weeks, uh, officially two weeks. But, yep. you know, it, it was we, it was leaning towards it for a while. And he kind of let Notre Dame know what was going on during his visit. And it was just about, you know, obviously getting to this, uh, uh, this deal here. So Notre Dame has kind of had an idea that this was going to, is in the works. And I think that kind of factored in a little bit to their, their, their decision to, to back off Josiah Wagner because Mm -hmm. they, they are going to take two corners. And I think they like where they stand with Christian Gray and then a Micah Bell being on that too. So 
that's kind of factored into it. So at this point in time, when you talk about what's next to corner, Ryan, it's all about Christian Gray at this point in time. It's it's yeah. it's, Chris, it's Micah Bell and Christian Gray. That's really been the the, the desire for the staff. That's been the one two for a while, and you know, so now it's it's about adding it. And in we'll talk mo- more about it on Monday. But if you're able to get Christian Gray and Micah Bell in a class together, if you're able to do that, these are two completely different players, and that is a very important part of it. This kid brings something you don't have a lot of on the team, and that's speed. But you want to compliment him because if you have all Micah Bells, then you run the risk of when you play a team like Notre Dame 2018, they're just going to back shoulder those little dudes all game long, right? Or Clemson traditionally. Uh, yeah, 2018 exactly. Clemson. Either one of that, yeah. you know, 2018 Clemson or 2018 Notre Dame. You want guys like that playing 2018 Bama mm-hmm. or, you know, 2020 Bama. You don't want them playing 2018 Clemson or 2018 Notre Dame or 2005 Notre Dame or 2006 Notre Dame. You know what I mean? So you want to have kind of that combination. And, 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 you know, so obviously Christian Gray is that kind of guy. So you're talking about two potential top hundred corners, but really as far as the what's next, it's really about Christian Gray. And we don't need to spend a ton of time on that, uh, but that's really where it's at. And we'll find out here on Monday afternoon, if they're going to be able to close on Christian Gray as well, if they're able to do so. But even, even before then, the, the reality is right now with Micah Bell in the class, and knowing that you've kind of narrowed down your 2023 board to two guys, this also gives Mike Mickens a chance to really start to push harder on the 2024 class. And that class to me, like this class was so important for Notre Dame mm-hmm. because Mike Mickens, since he's been hired, had that really solid first year, right? Where maybe there weren't any stars, but there's some really quality depth. You know, Chance Tucker being your third guy. They had JoJo Johnson. He's not in the mix anymore. But you got Chance Tucker. You got Philip Riley. You got Ryan Barnes. We both really like Ryan Barnes a lot. Philip yep. Riley brings a lot of quality. That was sort of the rebuild the depth chart class. Sure. Then 2022 was kind of like, okay, now you need to continue rebuilding the depth chart. You needed one more numbers class, but you also want to increase the talent. Mm-hmm. They got the two corners they got. They lost Devin Moore late. They wanted a third corner in the class last year. They had Devin Moore because Devin brought some positional flexibility. Yeah. If he couldn't stick a corner, you can move him to safety. So they had him. And, and of course, Jaden Bellamy, who's more of a, a safety and, and not of the same level. But you kind of got three corners last year because as of right now, Jaden Bellamy's playing corner. But So you restored the depth chart. But last year, you started to get more impact talent with Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey. Yeah. This class was important because it was all about the talent. Now, 2024 and moving on for Mike Mickens is about now making Notre Dame a legitimate player year after year for two top corners. That's the task that he has now is, okay, you've, you've, you did your depth class, you know, you did your, you know, underrated, but pretty talented class of, of, you know, Mike Mickens of uh, Benjamin Morrison and, uh, uh, Jaden Mickey, and now it's time to say, okay, now it's time to go out there and say we're going to dominate, right? And we're going to land top players. And that's if you look at the quality of the 2024 board to the 2023 board, it's very similar. Notre Dame went after big fish, so to speak, in the 23 class, and they missed on some. I mean, they wanted like sure. AJ Harris, right? Uh, early on, they 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 liked Malik Muhammad a lot, but it just wasn't the fit. But you know, you had some big time corners on the board early in 23. They 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 went they went big game hunting, so to speak, in the 2023 class. 
And even though you missed on a couple guys you really liked, they 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 had success so far with Micah Bell's top hundred recruit. We'll see if they can land Christian Gray. That's an absolute must. But you know, you're talking about some highly ranked guys: Caleb Presley, Justin Rett. Uh, you know, uh, we talked about AJ Harris. You know, Cole Martin, Tony Mitchell, who just committed to Alabama, Malik Muhammad, Braxton Myers, Caleb Presley. There are some highly ranked guys on the board that Notre Dame went after, and they're able to get two really good ones. Then you look at the 2024 class, and it's a similar deal, Ryan. It's it's you know Caleb Beasley, who to me is my kind of my top corner on the board. I love that kid's game. Uh, he brings some size that I absolutely love. Eli Bowen may not have the size you look for, but man, that kid can play. And for me, if I'm Notre Dame, part of the reason that I would have passed on Josiah Wagner as the third corner is because I'd rather look ahead to 2024 and have Eli Bowen be my third corner. Because sure. I love that. I mean, I, I project him in the slot. We kind of protect him with his size, put him in the slot with Peyton behind him, and then just let him be physical. Because he he might be the highest football IQ player on the board, twenty three or twenty four at corner, which is which is saying a lot for a kid that just finished up a sophomore yes. year, right? Like, I mean, you're talking yeah. about a kid that had ten interceptions last year, and it wasn't because he was just getting picked on all the time. I mean, you watch no. that kid's film, and this kid's like, did he seriously as a sophomore read that route and drive on it and pick that off? Like that kid is a really good football player. He's just small. Yep. Sure. I would rather him be that third. And then, you you know, you look at some of the others. Amelia Agard is on the board for next year. Baller. Dakota Baller. Fields is on the board. Braden Lee, Mike Matthews, Jalen Mbakwe is a top 10 national player. There are some big-time guys on the board. If you're going to have a chance at them, Ryan, you got to be able to get on them. Or you can't wait till next March to get on those guys like you did Mike Bell, who's a late riser. Sure. you got to get on them early. And if you have to recruit – the younger guy, th- this class, all the way into the season, you're not able to do that. So getting a kid like Mike Bell early does allow Mike Mickens to now start looking forward even more to the mm-hmm. 24 class. And when you consider that they are, they've moved on from from Josiah Wagner, it's Christian Gray and or bust for Notre sure. Dame at this point in time because they have kind of shifted their focus after Bell and Gray on 24. But that's what they need to do if they're going to be able to get some of those guys, in my opinion, Ryan. So that's really more of the what next beyond Christian Gray. The focus yeah. has to be on the 2024 class. Agree completely. I think if if anybody is on the message board and has kind of followed along with some of these like little recruiting tidbits, for the most part, the corners that I've kind of covered this past week, they've all talked heavily that like, oh, yeah, they're talking to me all the time. They're, they're on me early. And that is kind of an indication that like things are obviously good with Micah Bell. And we think that things are trending or in a good spot, I should just say, with Christian Gray, right? So the fact that that momentum has happened has given you now early momentum for 2024. And, and it's across the board, whether it is Emilio Agard or Kayla Beasley or Jalen Mbakwe, you know, the, the assumed top guys on the board, Eli Bowen, Notre Dame is making it a priority to stay glued to these guys early on to mm-hmm. your point because next year we've talked about this a little bit 2024 cornerback clashes nationally looks like a good group man it, it looks does. like a really really good group so i liked this class a lot at yeah. corner that was good a class. really good national corner class like really good and we didn't like kamani uh, mclean is one of the is what many people consider the top corner i still think aj harris is the best corner in the class that's just my opinion uh but mclean is really good this is a strong corner class mm-hmm. 24 early on if you project it to where this class was a year ago right on par right yeah. on par and Notre Dame was able maybe, to get a couple. maybe more depth too like maybe there's a lot of guys there's more depth yeah. early perhaps sure. yeah uh 
definitely. At the very least, Ryan, it's comparable is is my thing is where like last year there's some good corners, but the depth wasn't great at corner. Right. Right. And and that's what made me even more puzzled that Benjamin Morrison wasn't ranked higher. Cause I'm like, I'm watching his film compared to some of these guys that are top 250 guys. I'm like, what what a, I can't tell you how many times I talk to a source where I'm like, what am I missing? Please tell me where I'm wrong because I don't get this one. And if you know, obviously everybody the sources that we're referring to kind of agreed with us of of, of Benjamin Morrison, but it's a strong class and and they're going to be able to get on it early. I mean, we've already seen Caleb Beasley's, Beasley's already been on campus. Yep. Uh, Jalen Bakwe released a top 10 recently that included Notre Dame. It was a top 10, right? Not a top 12. It's top yeah, 10. I think it was top 10. Yeah. Top mm-hmm. 10. It had Notre Dame on it. You know, I, I hear a lot about Mike Matthews being interested in Notre Dame. He's kind of a corner safety yeah. type of player to me. They, uh, they have a, they have a couple of those guys on the board. Yeah. That are kind of like those yeah, hybrid the taller players. guys. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, Dakota Fields is kind of that way for me a little bit, you know, where I like him as a corner. He's a kid from California. I like him as a corner, but he's also the kind of kid that he's long and physical and can hit a little bit. If he can't stick a corner, he could he could be a – Caleb Beasley is listed at 175 pounds, but he's a pretty put-together put kid. He's yeah. another guy that could play nickel, could play safety, could play corner. I love him at corner, so I'm not saying you're going to move him, but it's always good to have guys can play multiple positions because – there are some coaches that would love to have four corners on the field at the same time. What I mean by that is your nickel, your two outside guys, and a corner that's good enough to play on the back end, right? Marcus Marcus Freeman is one of those people yeah. that would love that. I mean, yeah. that, we literally saw it at Cincinnati. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I mean, they had this past year. They had Kobe Bryant, Ahmad Gardner, obviously, but then they had the other kid, the Bush kid, that's coming back this year too. Yeah. That, was on the field a lot. A I mean, ton. they love keeping like three or four corners on the field. And have. I think their safety that got drafted, I be- I could be wrong, but I thought he started his career playing Brian corner Cook. at Cincinnati. Brian, Brian Cook. Cook, yeah, because he think tra- so, yeah. He transferred to Cincinnati, but I thought mm-hmm. I could I could have him confuse the other safety. I, I think I think, he, I think he had a lot of nickel rep, reps right. early in his career. So yeah, right. there was definitely some man to man coverage background with Brian yep. Cook for sure. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. So that's kind of where we're at in regard to Ryan. The what's next? I do want to dive into some questions here for people that have have questions and want to kind of get their thoughts out. If you if you if you don't have a question and you just want to tell us how excited you are about this commitment, you can do that too, right? So it doesn't just have to be questions. Uh, Michael, somebody brought in a great point, and I like this one. Uh, Michael, Michael, my guy, Mike, Mike, uh, known Mike a long time. He said that uh, he put in this here that Ronald Darby's best 100-meter time in high school is a 10-4-1. So that was as a senior. Ronald Darby was a burner. He ran 4-3-something at the combine. Yes, yes. I'm actually going to pull that up. So, again, we're we're talking about a guy, you know, that that, – and he ran for the USA, like the U.S. – one of those USA, like under 16s or something like that coming out of high school too, Ryan, I believe. But I'm going to look up and see what he did at the combine. Ronald Darby combine. Here we go. Combine results. Let's pull this up right here. Ronald Darby uh, at the ran a four three eight at the NFL scouting combine, mm-hmm. and he had a uh, forty one and a half inch vertical. Silly man. Yep. A two four one four shuttle six nine. Uh, Ten yard split was not as good as Eli Raritan's. It was a one five three. Um, you know, so at least, at least he has the flying twenty. He does. So he's good. He does. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm going to eventually let that go, but uh, I'm just not right this second, but I'm looking uh, at this here and, and, and Michael's correct. The fastest time that I see from Ronald Darby is, uh, is a, is a 10, four 
actually, 10-4-1. But here's the thing about that 10-4-1. If I'm looking at Ronald Darby's stuff as a senior, it's it's not a lot of 10-4s. He ran that 10-4-1 as a junior. As a senior, his best time was a 10-5 flat. And his best time as a senior in track, his, he, his best 200 was as a senior, and that was as a 21.17. His best ever long jump was a 22.3. Think about that. Because we talk about explosiveness. His best long jump was 22 feet. That was as a, as a, as a junior. Which is a good number. Mike Bell just... 24, and he also had a 23. Yeah. Uh, you know, so again, I mean, th- these are insane numbers. Like, these are in, in incredible track numbers for a, for a football player, for a football player. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter who we pull up in context. You know, I mean, as a sophomore, Chris Tyree didn't run track past the sophomore year. Chris Tyree's best 100-meter time as a sophomore was a 10.66. That's really moving for a sophomore. Micah Bell's best time as a sophomore was a 10.46. Like, I mean, these are these are incredible times. And as we saw in the football field, he's not a track kid. Like Troy Pry, I love Troy. And I think Troy is one of the most underrated Notre Dame corners in a long time because for some reason fans just didn't appreciate how good Troy was. Ryan, you've seen a lot of all 22 films, so you've had a benefit that some of us, some of the fans didn't have, so I understand. But, you know, we've talked a lot about that. Great cover guy, didn't have great ball skills, right? But Troy, as you watched him evolve at Notre Dame, Troy was a track guy that developed into a football player. Yep. The thing about Micah that you see on film is Micah is a football player that also happens to be an elite track guy. Yep, absolutely. And that's the difference. And so that's one of the reasons you, you get excited about this kid is he brings a lot to the table. Uh, but Mike, thanks for sharing that. Cause I didn't even think about Ronald Darby, but that's in, that's not 21.17 to 20.89. That's not really close. Yeah. It's like it's two, two hundredths of a second. It's yeah, crazy. That's yeah. Uh, it's a tenth of a second. I mean, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's somebody, flying, man. It's flying. Somebody said, uh, guys, just did they just open up a Whole Foods in South Bend? I love this aisle. Marcus Freeman is shopping down. I love the it's fantastic. and he's got a Brian Kelly in his in his his avatars of Brian Kelly. I just love that. Um, yep. they've had a they've had a Whole Foods since I moved back here. So uh I think it's uh <laughs> yeah. Brian, if you ever want some fun, you should go look up Jonathan Taylor's uh track times in high school. What was you saw? He ran like 10-4 something, but he was 210 pounds. Like, <laughs> it was crazy, man. I, I was I coached against him, unfortunately. And I remember I was at the state meet where he ran, he ran, he won the 100 and the 200 at 210 pounds. And I'm like, guys, yeah, that's, that's silly. Yeah, that's really, really good. That's really, really good. <laughs> Thank you.